G'day Crows fans and welcome to the free agency week edition of the weekend wrap. For people who've been following Twitter and the news this afternoon, we don't know what's happening. Uh, it's been a strange couple of hours indeed. Uh, lots to talk about though in regards to Brad Crouch. Uh, so let's get right into it, shall we? G'day everyone and welcome to... What the hell is going on? You're seeing my back at the moment, that's no good. <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. I'm in just as much of a disarray as... Where's my bloody mouse? As uh, the crows are by the looks of it. Uh, lots going on. Welcome to Macker and Nikki. How are you going guys? Uh, well, in the same sort of state of shock as you, uh, Fiend, after the <laughs> miraculous off, uh, offer of pick 23 for Brad oh, Crouch, but, uh, but we will obviously talk about that. Nick, how are you going? I'm just laughing because that's all you can do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a shocker. It's a shocker, an absolute shocker. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on well, with my mic. I don't know what's going on with my cameras. I don't know what's going on with Discord. <laughs> we never know what's going on at the AFL. I got shit, I got shit flying everywhere. Um, what the heck is going on? Um, like it started this afternoon where there were reports. I think it was Jay Clark that initially uh, uh, had a bit to say about um, the Crows. Uh, oh, the Saints. Sorry, lodging an offer. Uh, and he initial did. reports, initial reports was that it was uh, about seven hundred to eight hundred grand. Um, Reese Humphrey and I think it was Jay Clark. Um, I think Where's Jay it was Clark? Jay Clark. Yep. Um, it was the advertiser, right? Said that. Um, yeah, well, Reese Humphrey was one, um, and Jay, I'm sure Jay Clark was the other, who said it was seven hundred to eight hundred, and then. Uh, the Saints lodged, and we all thought, happy days, you know, here we go. And then it just all went to shit. Maka, help us out. What's going on? Well, I started to get, uh, after about half an hour, and I thought to myself, because I've been buying all, when all the other lodgings as well, uh, and they they come back pretty quickly in terms of what the recompense is and et cetera, et cetera. And this one went on for a very, very long time. And mm. I have no doubt that uh, it, it's, it's short of the necessary figure, and I don't know why St. Kilda have done that. So that's firstly, that's one thing we've got to talk about. Secondly, the AFL do, they have the ability to uh, vary the pick upwards or downwards. They can do whatever they like, actually. And I have no doubt if it had been Gold Coast, they would have given a pick two to Gold Coast. Yeah, um, being being us and being hated by all the VFL clubs, uh, it was a very political situation for them if they if they varied uh, 
what was the formula and gave us pick two. And I reckon they brooded over that for about half an hour to an hour and eventually said, well, fuck it, they're South Australian. You know, so uh, at the end of the day, uh, we didn't get the pick two. But then comes back to the situation, obviously St Kilda didn't offer the dollars that uh, were necessary to genuinely force a pick two out of the uh, the AFL. So then you have to say, why did they do that? Because um, they would have getting a player for free. Uh, they could have done offsets by saying, Luke Dunstan, uh, you're going to Adelaide back home and they're going to give us a pick 20-something for that. And uh, it, it balances up this, this uh, total salary cap situation. So I don't know whether they really want Brad Crouch. No, and for those uh, listening and, and waiting, I forgot to turn the bloody YouTube stream on and the Facebook stream, so that's on now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, 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 as, you're as well planned as St Kilda. Oh, look, I, um, I'm just a bit dumbfounded because I don't, there doesn't seem to be a lot of logic in what's going on. If no. people are being um, transparent and acting in good faith, um, it seems to me a little bit uh, strange that St Kilda would put in a lowball offer because they must know that a lowball offer is going to get um, going to get matched. Uh, it's a bit strange to me that Brad would accept a lowball offer, even if it was a longer term, because uh, you know he's supposed he's supposed to be making bank with this deal. Um, and. It's strange to me that the Crows let it get to the point where a deal was lodged with the AFL if they knew, and they must have known, that uh, it was going to be something they were going to instantly match. Well, if you saw what was posted on the uh, Adelaide website, it told you straight away they weren't going to get it because of the fact that they said that they were prepared to match it. Uh, it didn't mention even about anything about pick two. It just said that we, we would be prepared to match it if we were not happy with it, and that was before the, the result was known. Well, well, they well, said that they were that waiting, but they said that they were waiting on the AFL compensation outcome, and then they would assess what they were going to do in the best interest of the club. Um, they didn't actually. Yeah, but that, last, but, but that very last comment is a giveaway. Well, yeah, I was. I must admit, when I read that comment from Adam Kelly, I thought, "Oh, hang on, that that's some, something is is amiss here." Because I agree with you, Mac. Um, when I when I saw that, I thought, yeah, "That's not how these things normally play out." Um, oh, you don't make that statement if you're going to get it. No, no. Um, the fact that the fact that they made a statement at all was a worry. Um, to be honest with you. Well. You know, it is a very, very tricky situation because, as I said, um, his manager said his value hadn't gone down. It is factual, and Port had actually confirmed that they did offer, uh, and I, I heard their managers talking about it. Um, yeah. Uh, somebody quoted the 4 by 650 and they said you'd be very much on, on the mark there. Um, yeah. So, uh, which is they thought that they did say they, didn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't actually see Adelaide allowing that. But... Yeah. Um, it isn't a big jump then to get up to 700. Now, the other thing that really is a, is totally illogical here is a situation that you've got a broken-down clock 
in Danaher. He's played 13 games in a uh, 15 game, sorry, in the last three years, uh, and he's just sailed through on a three year contract at uh, whatever it was, a pretty good dollars. Yeah. But in terms of what, if you were the AFL and you had a discretionary situation, and I think they've used a discretionary one in our case to go negative, yeah. you'd, you'd use it on Banneher and say, nobody's going to pay, genuinely pay that sort of money for a broken down croc. And, and you yeah. know, if you're, if you're really genuine about it, and you'd say he's only, he's going to be worth about a, and seriously, he was only worth about a band three mm. on, on when you look at it. But, uh, no, I, I just this, this, it's a very odd situation, and it's funny that quite reputable reporters thought it was going to be a certain figure. Now, haven't the St Kilda stooged us? I don't know. Well, I'm starting to wonder whether we've been played by um, by um, Brad and his manager um, because. Maybe it was just an effort to get the term that he wanted. Maybe it was less about the money and more about the term. Well, well he the, all, the interesting all, thing is, no, sorry. apparently, though, earlier in the year, he was offered 750 by four years, and then he knocked that back. If that's the case, then we haven't been played by his manager. They've stuffed up waiting till the end of the year because he's yeah. actually not worth enough. Well, he, so he's he, lost out if that is the case. But there's no doubt he has definitely devalued himself. There's no doubt about that because if if Brad had gone through and had none of that uh, business had happened with the cocaine, I've got no doubt we wouldn't be in the situation talking about this. But a couple of clubs that were really keen on him, Port Adelaide was one, uh, Essendon were another, they just called on him straight away. And uh, now we're in a situation that uh, if we do match Brad, uh, well, we will match off, there's no doubt about that. And if it's only in the 600s, as they are saying... We've actually signed Brad out for the long term on the cheap. And now he's still our asset. We can go to the trade table and we can do what we like with him. Yeah, that's right. Um, g'day to yep. everyone on Twitch and on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, sorry for the little glitch first up. Um, we're having a bit of trouble with the chat integration. So uh, at the moment, uh, chat from YouTube and uh, Facebook and Twitch isn't hitting our Discord server and vice versa. So apologies for that. If you have got the opportunity to get onto the Discord uh, to join the chat, please do so. Um, of course, you can access uh, Discord either by being a member of our Discord channel, which isn't a bad thing to do, um, or you can go straight to our website and uh, go to the live chat page and uh, follow your nose there and you can join our Discord channel right from that web page. Um, so look... Oh. We've got, to, we've got to preface all of this by saying that nothing official has actually come from the AFL as yet. There, there's an article yeah. on the AFL website, but articles on the AFL website aren't endorsed or sanctioned by the a AFL. Um, Spot on. And they're often incorrect. Um, we've had journos come out today and say that we're going to get picked two. We've had journos saying that the deal was seven to 800000 uh, more than one journo. We've had other journos subsequent to the paperwork being lodged saying that it's four by 600. Now, and a cent, and one journo, I think, although I think some people might have misinterpreted, but some people, uh, some journos have basically said that it's uh, a band three, not a band two, which I find <laughs> impossible to believe. So yeah, if it's pick 23, it is not band three. That's, that's they right, don't know the two. rules. It's band two. <laughs> 
So, um, see, I don't understand why. Uh, I, I just can't bring myself to believe that it's 600 by 4. To me, that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, Matt? Well, let's look at it this way. Let's say it is more than that and it's not quite the amount. We the, 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 There's a little-known clause which says that Adelaide, or not just Adelaide, any team that's dissatisfied with what the, what the compensation they've been given can appeal to this uh, judgment tribunal-type situation where it, it can be reviewed and that uh, we can present our case why it should be more, uh, that we should, why should we should be... In a yeah, but we can only we we can only appeal a decision based on the on the compensation. I mean, if St Kilda have offered him four uh, four years at six hundred, there's not a lot to appeal, is there? Um, you know, we can't no. appeal we can't appeal St Kilda's offer. Um, but I'm just I'm just having a hard time accepting that the final offer that St Kilda decided to take to AFL House is six hundred by four years. To me. None of that makes any sense. I mean, reportedly, Brad was on between 550 and 600 this year. So he's not getting any uplift in uh, in monetary terms. He might be getting a slightly longer deal. But what makes me question what's gone on uh, over Twitter uh, and in some news outlets this afternoon is the fact that if it was... if. It, uh, Kelly has come out and said, "If it's band two compensation, we will match." Correct, right? And we will. Yep. Well, then, to me, if the AFL have given Adelaide band two compensation, then where is the statement saying we will match? Uh, no, we because it, it should have taken. All, no, it doesn't make any difference. If it's band two, we match. We don't need three days to make that decision, Macca. <laughs> That's true. So to me, to me, if the AFL have, have emailed um, Kelly or Reid or whoever they email and said that we're giving you a band too, then you'd be on the reply straight away going, we're matching the bid, and it would be announced. But that hasn't happened. If the AFL have given band one compensation to Adelaide, then the reply would be straight away, we're good with that happy to let the uh, big go through I, either answer would would not require Adelaide to think about it because it's a fairly straightforward situation so in in my view Adelaide have not yet been advised of what the compensation is um, they have tweeted they've got to uh, to Wednesday uh, to match it yeah but that's stating and, that's and stating of- a fact yeah, but that part of that macker was part of that statement they had was when we hear from the AFL what the compensation is, then we have till Wednesday to match. So it's always that that statement had the caveat of when we hear what the compensation is. So I think there's probably a little something to what Fiend is alluding to that we actually don't know yet. And I think there might be some background discussions happening which is what the AFL wants to do because they've they've been hammered by trade radio with those idiots who actually don't know the rules. Exactly. exactly. I don't think so that would make one every, scrap of sense. Oh, no, it doesn't. One scrap but of difference. We know, we, no, but we know the AFL really, they, they don't no, like being told off by the media. 
the political so, thing, and and the, and they are they are subservient to the Victorian media. They no, are subservient. Uh, no, sorry, it it doesn't make a scrap of difference in my mind. Um, the only the only way that Adelaide and the AFL are quote unquote negotiating on this is if the offer is borderline, like seven twenty five yes. or something like that. Uh, yep. Because personally, yeah. I think it's going to take seven fifty to get it over the line. Um, and yeah, I think, and I think, I think initial. My personal view, reading the tea leaves, and that's all we can do. My personal view was that it was seven hundred over five, three point five million, and um, uh, after the Danaher, I think they were looking for the Danaher uh, situation to give them some clarity. And when uh, Danaher got offered a stupid amount, eight hundred and thirty by reports, yep, it didn't really give anyone any clarity on the situation. So I think St Kilda and Adelaide tried to try to negotiate a situation where Band One was out of the uh, was uh, uh, sort of put beyond doubt, which would have been eight hundred by four, probably with a few incentives. So. They've either tried to go with 750 by or 700 by five, and the AFL's gone nut, or they've uh, they've bumped it up and reduced the, the term. But I think either way, we would have heard from Adelaide um, or the AFL, whichever comes first. By now, the 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 deal was lodged at about four o'clock our time. Um, the AFL would have been pretty to the deal. Four thirty, I think. No, four thirty. No. No, it was earlier than that. Uh, it was just after four. Um, I looked at the I looked at the clock. Um, so they had it for you know it was four thirty over there probably. Uh, they had oh, it okay. for half an hour. They would have they would have had enough time. They already knew. They know what their bands are. They would have already uh, played this situation out at Afield House. They would have just been waiting for the number. And. Uh, you know, to my mind, Adelaide has not yet been told what the compensation is because either way, we would have replied straight away and we would have announced it and the AFL would have announced it. Well, certainly tomorrow is going to throw a lot of light on that one way or the other thing. Um, and let's take it from two points of view. Let's take it from the point of view that we have been advised and uh, that we are not going to do anything about it until tomorrow as we... As we uh, thinking about what our next tactic is going to be, and that's that's possible. I don't know. So if we, if we look at it upon the, let's just first examine it if it's rejected. And if, sorry, if the band one is out and it uh, and it is going to be band two, we've then got Brad Crouch on our hands at at a, and if it's at the reported figure of the six hundred, we've got him at a pretty modest figure, uh, and he, he, a he's possibly worth keeping at that figure. Um, I really have a, a little bit of a set on him personally because he's put us in a situation where we could have had the best and should have had picks one and two, and that would have given us an opportunity to have the best tool and the best midfielder and set, us, set ourselves up really well for the future. Now we're going to have to try and do some fancy trading to get back to something somewhere near that situation, but we can't get back to that situation. So I, I've got a negative on Brad for that reason. Um, the other way, if we put him out to the market, so, and certainly I, I would be just seeing St Kilda as the only people to trade back to. I'd be, I'd be 
canvassing Sydney. I'll be canvassing uh, Essendon. I'll be canvassing various other clubs at a and a, and a pretty good deal. But the, to get better than what St Kilda's got, just to stick it up them as well, because if they've put in something in the six hundred, they've shafted us as well in the sense of uh, not not in my opinion, paying what's a fair dollar for Brad by comparison to what some, some of the other deals have been. Some of the other deals are over the moon for what they're worth. I mean, Zach Williams is a nice player, but he's not worth the money they're paying him. There's no 900, gr- 900 grand for a younger Brody Smith. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, that's absurd money. And, On the premise yeah, they're going to pay him in the midfield, but he's unproven in midfield and he's got injury uh, concerns. Yes, and then you, you will out bloody Danaher, and he gets eight hundred on. He will him out in the wheelchair. So I mean, very very strange. So if St Kilda have done and done the dirty on us, uh, and this, um, this is all on the basis that it is going to be pick twenty three, um, band two. Um, I think we've got the options we've got there are we we keep uh, Brad. We say to St Kilda, we want your first round draft pick this year, and we want one of the ones for next year. And, and they won't give it, I don't think. Um, no. And then the, other, then the other option is we, we just explore just trading him out with a good contract in place, you know, like a very modest uh, wage for a player of his calibre. No. So they're the three options to me. We either foresake Kilda to do something and give us a little bit more in, in terms of trade, and I don't think they will. Uh, we either keep him and or we explore all other trade opportunities. That's in the situation where... There is de- there is a definite no to ban one. Now, if you go look at it from the other point of view, if it still, still is um, not definitive that it's not going to be ban one, that we're not going to get it, then um, we have to really, really get on our knees and grovel and uh, bend over in front of the whatever they want to, to get it, because I think it's, it's, it's it was a very very key part. Of what and what our rebuild was all about, so um, because it just gave us that opportunity to be in control of the draft and to get the players we want where we wanted them. So um, there are the two options, Fee. If you're right that there's a good chance that that may not have been resolved and that we are negotiating them, trying to force them to give us the pick two, but I must admit my inside is telling me that um, we, we won't get it, and we're going to have to go down the latter path. And, I, and I'm not giving Brad Crouch away for nothing. Nick? It's, it's very, very odd that this reported 600000 because if that is the case, then Brad's manager's been doing what most managers do and lying through their teeth. He's done a complete and utter disservice to his own player if it is that amount. Now, there might be, um, I think PJ alluded to, that because the base, it's only the base salary that's included, so they could have some very easy incentives, which is going to, which will fully bump it up. But that's not included normally as part of the the little uh, whatever mathematical formula that the AFL does. If that's the case, though, we only have to match that six hundred. So that's all we have to actually keep him on. And if it's as was reported earlier in the year, he was offered four years from us at seven fifty. He's completely stuffed up his own player's position. But what it also tells me is that St Kilda have definitely called on him. Now, if they've called on him and they don't really want him because they know we're going to match, why have they put this offer in? There's just It's just insane all around. You're, you're right. There's something definitely very fishy 
and weird going on, Fane, and I don't quite know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, um, we're, we're working on the premise that everyone's acting in good faith. Now, Brad came out, uh, I think it was last week, and said that all parties were working together to get a win-win-win situation. And the implication correct. from that seemed to be, uh, reading between the lines, that the clubs were working together to come up with a deal that was going to give Brad what he wanted and was going to give band two for us and therefore St Kilda didn't have to spend a pick. Right? That, that to me, was the yeah. win-win-win outcome. The fact that St Kilda got to hang on to their pick because they don't have a lot of picks this year. Um, Brad gets his deal and the Crows get the compensation they're looking for. So, either, uh, so assuming all three parties are acting in good faith, then St Kilda lodging a 600 by 4 contract, to me, is just absurd. And I don't think it's correct. I don't think it's Agreed. correct. I don't think St Kilda would have lodged a contract that Adelaide were unhappy with Unless, unless over the course of the weekend, negotiations broke down and St Kilda decided, well, you know what, we're just going to chuck a bid in and see what happens. That's the only scenario that I can think. That's the only scenario that I can think of. Well, we said that we would, if the the bid wasn't, sorry, if their uh, offer wasn't good enough to get us uh, pick two, that we would match it. Yep. And they they also made some uh, very negative comment about not wanting to be pushed around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what you're saying is quite likely that it could have happened that we pushed hard and they they refused, and in the end they may have actually even parted on not so good terms. I don't know because we we're just left in the dark at this stage. But it because it it, it was looked like it was rolling in the right direction. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's come up covered in shit. And something—if <laughs> it is—that's if it is definite. And uh, something has gone drastically wrong. And it may well be they don't even want. Uh, uh, there's two things: they may not want Brad anymore, or they may be thinking oh, Adelaide is weak as piss. If we hold out, we'll get we'll get him for absolutely next door to nothing. Well, they they can't not want him, or else they wouldn't have lodged a bid. Because he's even if the bid was six hundred by four, it's still going to cost them six hundred by four. So um, yeah, but I but I'd often put a bid. If I put a bid in for a Mercedes at twenty dollars, thing. So I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's a true exact comparison, but you know, if six hundred, they put in a bid for six hundred for Brett, that's cheap to get a player of that quality for that money. So uh, that there's that doesn't say whether they really want him or not. That just says we like to have him at a cheap rate. Yeah. Um, now, some people uh, on the Discord chat and also um, Big Fella on YouTube, g'day to Big Fella and also to Patrick watching us on YouTube as well as a few others, um, are talking about whether the um, the cocaine situation had any impact on this. Personally, I can't see that it would have had any interest whatsoever, uh, any impact whatsoever. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it drastically has, absolutely drastically. Port Adelaide offered four by six fifty before it. They withdrew from it uh, because of that. Uh, no, they uh, didn't withdraw over it because of that. They they didn't withdraw at all. The, their offer was declined. Um, yeah, they didn't withdraw. Okay, then uh, as you say, maybe we'll be it was declined. But 
the offer was there and at 650 and you would think it's not a, a big jump from 650 to go that was pre, uh, pre uh, prior to the uh, cocaine situation so it's not a big jump to go from 650 to 700 or 725 or something like that it's something drastically has happened here and it, I, I, i'm really feeling it. it's very very strange it, it doesn't make sense um I, the one of the most likely situations is that the, the talks did break down. They just said stuff and just put in a cheap bid. But well, but that makes no sense to do that. I, to me, it makes sense that it has to be over six fifty because that was what was knocked back by Port. There is no way that Brad's manager would have been okay with St Kilda putting in a bid that is under the six fifty. Because it that, because it actually it it makes his perceived market value visible. That's the problem with that, Nikki. You're absolutely right. Why would Brad... Because before St Kilda lodge any bid, Brad's got to accept it, right? So St Kilda can only lodge a bid that Brad is happy to take. And there is no way in a pink fit, no way in a pink fit that Brad's management would would accept an offer of 600 over four when that basically tells the market Brad is worth 600 over four. There's just no way, Macca, in my opinion. Well, what, where do you think it's at? I mean, I, I'm confused. There are two possible situations, three possible situations. There's nothing that's absolutely clear at the moment why we're in the situation that we're in. Because uh, unlike... Uh, well, nowhere... I think in the in the other offers, have, haven't they stated what their dollar value was? Uh, they have at the end afterwards. Oh, only at the end, okay. Only at oh, the end. So yeah, it's never. We didn't know what Danaher was getting into. And let's be honest, we're only going by media reports. They haven't. The AFL don't announce um, player salaries, so we're yep. only going by media reports. So it's been reported that Zach Williams is on eight hundred. With incentives up to nine hundred, so only the eight hundred counts in that circumstance. Uh, okay. The the reports are that Joe Danaher has been offered eight thirty, which is probably going to cool. be about fifty thousand per goal that he kicks, um, which is very expensive <laughs> goals. Well, I mean, we can talk about that in a minute. The relative value, but so the AFL don't ever announce. Uh, what the what the value is? They only announce what the compensation is, and the media then speculate. Because the AFLPA will have a hissy fit if players' salaries right. are known. That's right. So uh, it'll be a far more transparent um, situation if a the uh, free agency compensation calculation was made known. And B, the players' salaries were public, but neither of those two things are true, so we're just left to speculate. But they're the two numbers that were speculated: eight thirty for Danaher and eight hundred up to nine hundred for Williams. Mm. Um, so look, this this is why I'm not trusting what's coming out of the media and what's come out of the media very late. I mean, we've had a variety of reports from the media. We had Sam Edmund come out very early on in the piece and say that the number was between 700 and 800. We've had uh, reports that Port offered 650. We've had reports that Geelong offered less than that. 
Um, we've had reports just today that um, St Kilda were likely to be offering uh, between seven and 800000 And then we've had this final report, which has thrown us all into a hissy fit, uh, from Mitch Cleary and others, um, saying that uh, the actual offer is 600 over four and the compensation is likely pick 23 or band two. Now, the thing that makes me... Uh, double take Mitch Cleary is the fact that he reckons he got that from the Adelaide Football Club there's absolutely no way that the Adelaide Football Club would leak anything to Mitch Cleary, end of story, full stop no way so I'm doubting Mitch Cleary's sources um, because I just don't think that he got that from an official source, I really don't or we're doing what we have actually done previously which is leak information to see who is actually leak false information? Yeah, oh, I don't think that's. We've, we've I don't think that's before. happened in this. I don't think that's happened in this case. I, I, Mitch Cleary is not on the radar. He, you could, you could almost, you could, you could consider that maybe a Caroline Wilson or someone or a Theodoropoulos um, uh, might get um, might get some word, but uh, not Mitch Cleary. I'm not seeing it. It's either come from the St Kilda camp, uh, I doubt whether it's come from the AFL, or it's come from Brad's management. Um, But Cleary specifically says in his article that he got that from Adelaide. And I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. Did he get it from somebody within the city of Adelaide? Because if he's just saying Adelaide, (laughs) there's a a million of us. Was it Ruchi? Yeah. Well... I, you know, the, the situation is I don't really think we are going to get uh, band one fee. Um, uh, look, the very best situation, the very, very best situation could, could be is that we are ne- negotiating our ass off of the AFL trying to get them to give us band one. And we do have a right of appeal, by the way. So we do have that uh, ability to do that. And maybe we are doing that. I don't know. I don't think, there's, I any, be- I don't think there's any evidence of any club ever having negotiated compensation with the AFL. No, no, it hasn't been done, but it, it. But the AFL did announce what the process was. They won't tell you what the herbs and spices were, but they did say what the, what the process was, that you lodge it, uh, they, they uh, evaluate it, they give you a decision, and you have three days to match it. And if you are, if you think that it's... Uh, obviously inadequate, you wouldn't be appealing for getting too much. If you, you think that it's not a fair compensation uh, under, under the, what the rules are, uh, then you've got the ability to appeal. And you so, don't think that that would be announced? Uh, well, I don't know whether the AFL would want that to be announced. Otherwise, yeah, you'd, open that up for it. you'd open that up for everybody. Look, that, that's... That's all. This is is smoke and mirrors, and we just don't know is the answer. We just don't know, and I think going by the fact that all the uh, all the you know all the media jockeys are just uh, they're putting out that band two. I think it's going to be band two, and I think AFL. I feel yeah, and it's one of two things. It's one of two things. We've either been 
shafted by St Kilda or the AFL. It's very marginal. The AFL have gone down the Victorian way. It did take a long time for, that, for something to come out. So I don't think it was that cut and dried. That's, that's what makes me think that it was marginal and they just said, nah, in the end, it's Adelaide. So it have been Gold Coast. Yeah, we'll, we'll give them band two. Band one, sorry, but Adelaide, no. That, that, well, that's, my, that's my take on it. Let, let's look at the logic, right? So a deal was lodged this afternoon. Um, the uh, AFL stated that their assessment process began this afternoon. Um, we haven't had any word from Adelaide or the AFL as to whether compensation has been accepted or whether the bid has been matched. We've had a confirmation on the Crows website um, at about quarter past five that St Kilda had made an offer. Um, it says the league has received the paperwork from the Saints and are currently processing the details. Meantime, Adelaide is now in a three-day period where the club can decide whether or not to match the offer. The club is aware of the free agency offer lodged by for Brad this afternoon. We will await the determination of free agency compensation by the AFL and then re- review our options before making a decision in the club's best interest. Now, what time has that been? That was at 5.15 this afternoon or thereabouts, around about 5 o'clock this afternoon. Right? So that tells me that the papers have been lodged, the AFL haven't made up their mind, maybe because Gil was out playing golf or something. Because I didn't... Personally, I didn't even know they could lodge a deal today. Um, yeah, they lodged the, yesterday as well. They've been, they're, they're open all... Because it's a funny four-day period, they're, they're open all day. Yeah, well, I, as I said, I didn't realise they, they were actually lodging any deals today. Um, but so it was lodged at around four and this got put out at around five and it tells me that the Crows have not been advised yet what the compensation deal is. Well, I, well, I hope you're right. I, I really hope you're right. I'm not well, I, don't, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. I'm just trying to apply some logic to what our official statement. If we forget everything that, that's been said and speculated about in the media, from Clark and Cleary and Homfrey and all the rest of it, right, and just go by the official statements, the official statements are St Kilda lodged a, a, a bid, the AFL are processing the bid, the Crows have three days um, or have until 5pm Wednesday uh, to match the bid, but as yet, they're at the moment, they're waiting for the AFL to um, determine what their free agency compensation would be on that bid. They're, they're the facts. Everything else is speculation. Everything else is speculation. Yeah, well, okay. Well, it's a long shot, but, I, but it is possible that, that they haven't made the determination. Um and or it's, it's a very marginal case, and they are fluffing around over it. it well, I think we're going to be marginal which, uh, anyhow, whichever way it goes, whether it's a no or whether it's a yes, it's going to be marginal. We're not in the like the eight hundreds or something like that. Nothing like that. Well, well um, let's 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 look at it from St Kilda's point of view. If you if you want the player, and we talked about this last week, if you want the player, and you're not you're not tight on salary cap, which, you know, by all reports, St Kilda are not tight on salary cap at the moment. 
And if you are moving towards a premiership window or a contending window, as St Kilda are, they made the finals this year and they're on the rise, and you want the and you genuinely want the player, and you don't have a lot of pick currency, surely you just offer enough. So as I said before, if, if they were thinking 700 by 5 was going to do it, and then Adelaide said, well, you're going to have to do 800 over 4 so that we can get band 2, then why wouldn't they just band do one. it? That uh, Band 1, sorry. Why wouldn't you just do it? Well, it may well be we haven't had the official statement, been, so, but it may well be that there's been leaked what it's going to be. I don't know. So... Uh, I have very little optimism about us getting a band one at this stage, whether even if they haven't given us. None of the other deals have been leaked. Not one. Everyone was blindsided by the Zach Williams deal. Everyone was blindsided by that deal. Um, Everyone was taken aback by the Joe Danaher deal in terms of the 830. Yeah, yeah. So there's been no leaks anywhere else. And the, and the AFL media, trade radio, all the rest of it, they have been bleating on all week about how Brad Crouch isn't worth pick two, which is not the point. But they've been going on and on and on and on and on about it. And to me, this is just more speculation. I think, and, and Cleary quoted um, Adam Kelly's uh, words in his article, and to me... It's just more speculation. It's just more media trying to read between the lines. Now, I could be completely wrong, and someone might have got a leak. All right? But even the disparity in the uh, in the tweets from the media this afternoon with regards to the salary and the likely compensation, it changed three times in an hour. Three yes, times in an hour. And interestingly, News Corp had them going at 700 to 800, and or sorry, um, the Sun and the Advertiser, and then the Age went with the low ball. You know, uh, are they just hedging? Yep. Are they hedging their bets? I mean, to me, I, I'm not buying the leak. I'm not saying that we're going to get banned one. I'm not saying that there isn't aren't issues with this, but I'm not buying the leak, and I'm certainly not buying six hundred over four. All right, let's say we go somewhere with our conversation. Let's assume that we're not getting band one and that we're being offered uh, pick 23 as some of the uh, scribes are saying. Let's just say that is the case. So where to from here then, Fiend? Uh, we're obviously not going to take, well, if they do, I, they, they're even more incompetent than they, than I thought they were and no, no way would I have had Reed handling such a delicate matter. He's hadn't got a great record, I don't think. I don't like the guy, in fact, I've I really think thought we should have replaced him. That's just my opinion. Um, I, my thoughts are, are very these. We, that means we match and we've got Brad Crouch and the trade period's coming up. Now, we've got two ways of looking at it. Uh, Brad is very happy to stay. He probably have, he's probably played good football for us and we could have him on a reasonably cheap salary for a guy of his quality or we can put him out there and uh, just say he's out there and... Uh, put a pretty high price on his head in terms of, well, you know, not when I say not a high price on his head, happy to transfer that contract and um, or to those, to those type of conditions and uh, for a reasonable draft pick. So, and 
St Kilda, I don't believe St Kilda are going to give us anything that's worth the value of what Brad really should be. Well, I think if if uh, it's Bantu, then the club's yeah, got two Yeah, let's work options. on that. All right. So uh, Bantu, and we're calling that for the sake of the argument, pick 23. So yep. the club's got two options. They either take pick 23, um, in which case the answer, they'll probably lose about no. 200,000 supporters. Um, Absolutely. Or, or they keep Brad on whatever the match salary is and we'll move on with our lives. And let's be honest, if, well, my thinking, and we all, and everyone who listens to this podcast knows my uh, my thoughts on Brad Crouch. Um, but if we were to get um, Brad Crouch uh, at 650 say, a year, um it's probably worth it. It's probably worth yep. it as long as we as long as we use him correctly. Um, I don't. Uh, and the thing, the problem, Macca, with trading is that this free agency situation, as I mentioned to Nikki before, it solidifies his market value. Right. It makes trading very difficult. I don't think we trade with St Kilda because I don't think St Kilda have got the currency. No, I don't um, think they have either. You I know, wouldn't even be talking to them, quite frankly. You know, I would rather keep Brad than trade with St Kilda for what little assets they've got. Yeah. So, look, I, I, I think if it's pick 23, I think Brad Crouch remains an Adelaide Crows player. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay, so that comes up to the next point where um, that's the last of our... Uh, free agent. It was not really because we've got the Hardigan situation now. Um, we are, we are going to get a bucket of old rice and a used bus ticket for him from uh, Hawthorne for Hardigan because they've got what a third or fourth round pick fourth uh, for their their free agent. They don't want to dilute it, um, so uh, it's going to be in the fifties or sixties or seventies or something like that. It's going to be worth nothing. So really, we're going to end up with, whereas we were going to probably possibly end up with a reasonable pick for Hardigan for what he's worth, we're probably going to end up virtually nothing for him now. So it's got there's another flow-on effect there too for us. It hasn't been good. Nick, what do you reckon? It kind of, I think the matching at the band too, to me, and this is where it could be why we're not heard anything and why there's still discussion going on. Because if it is at that at that trigger point of just about to be a band one, it might be a lot more money than what we're comfortable with paying, knowing we still don't know the list sizes and who are we possibly wanting to bring in as well and whether there's any restructuring we're going to need to do uh, with our contracts. So that could be where there is a possibility of some discussion going on. Mm. Um, but I do agree with you that the trading part's the hard thing. You kind of can't now use him as trade bait because, yes, you're, you're correct, his market value has been set and that puts us very much behind the eight ball in terms of any um, ability to negotiate. Um, I did see somebody ask in the chat, would Essendon, I was PJ, would Essendon give a pick eight for Crouch? <laughs> No. <laughs> it's no I'm answering that. Well, I'm answering I'd be happy with eight minutes with a bit going back their way. So, I mean, 
It is possible. But I don't think they'd do it. Um, well, they've still got – they're likely to have picks uh, six and seven, is it? They, they have. Uh, so they they just might because at the, at the moment they're going to be a very skint club at the moment next year. Oh, uh, God, yes. Very skint club. So I would think it very much in their interest. I, I wouldn't rule that out as a possibility. But uh, now I'm going to throw something further onto the table. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are going to think about what I'm going to say. But – I think it's very important for us to try and do what Port Adelaide did in the year that they got Rosie, etc., uh, work your way back to the top. And to do that, you you have to lose players that you really don't want to... They're good players. They're really good players. And I've been thinking about it, and the only players I can come, out, come up with, apart from Brad, to put out there in the marketplace, is um, Laird and Smith. And you would get reasonably good trades on a Laird and a Smith. And people have actually asked from both of those. Clubs have asked from both of those. So putting it out there, um, well, I think we're going to have a shit year next year anyhow. And I think the idea is to get our hands on some very good young lads. So what do you think about that? Well, I've been in favour of trading Brodie Smith for the last three years um, because I think he's he's a good player with some uh, good attributes uh, he looks good on paper. Um, he has good stats, but he's, you know, we've we've stated before, and when Pete was on the podcast, you know, he agreed as well. Brody's one of these people that goes missing in big games, and uh, we got a few of those. Uh, Lady's another one that goes missing in big games more often than not. Um, I would be quite happy to trade either of those out. Um, uh, particularly because of the fact that they're both coming up to their own free agency situation um, next year, I think. I think Brody's a, a restricted free agent next year. Is that right? He is, correct. Yep. That is correct. Uh, so getting value for him this year would be good because I reckon we'd probably only get, you know, pick 98 based on what we're going through at the moment. Um. You know, so trying to get some value for Brody would be good. Um, I think Laird has been excellent in the midfield for us this year. Uh, is he part of our long-term midfield future? He probably could be. Um, but if you could get a uh, single-digit first-round pick for him, you'd take it in a heartbeat. Um, yep. That's a good money ball trade considering Laird uh, <laughs> started off as well, a rookie. rookie. You know, mm. um, so short answer, Macker is yes, absolutely. I'd be putting those. Uh, I'd certainly be fielding inquiries from those two blokes. There's probably a couple of others that I'd field inquiries for as well. Um, Matt Crouch, I'd happily field inquiries about. Um, I'd happily well, Matt, field. In- I'd, 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 well, you'd have to get a very good pick to prize uh, Matty Crouch off of me. I mean, uh, I thought I, I think Matt's just starting to learn what, how to play football properly. Um, I know he's been the best and fairest for us, and uh, he had the, the season just passed. He had his moments where we were critical, the coach was critical. He was not he was racking up the possessions, but they were all in the wrong place and going in the wrong direction or not being effectively used. But his last, after he got dropped and, dropped and uh, brought back in, I thought he played fantastic football. Really, really, really good football. And if we were going, and I'm not saying I wouldn't trade him, but 
I'm I'm talking about right up in the picks two, threes, and fours for if you're no. going to play. I know, and then nobody was going to give you that. But no. I'm not partying with him. Why though? Is he I'm part of your, is your is he part of your next premiership team? Um, depends when you think that might be. Uh, he's about what twenty four. Yeah, so it, I mean, he's likely to be around the joint competitively for the next six years. Yep. Yeah. Um, so to me, I'd, I'd look at saying that Matt is a one that is possibly in your next premiership. Yes, and that's possible like, as a veteran. Whereas Led, I, I'm not. I'm not partying with him unless I'm getting massive overs for him. And by massive overs, I'm talking about. Sydney's pick three, uh, North Melbourne's pick two. You don't want to part with it? No, sorry, we don't want to talk about it. He's staying here. Uh, my problem yeah. with Matt Crouch in terms of longevity is that he's already not a very fast player. And, uh, yeah. you know, we slow down as we get older. And uh, he's had shoulders uh, and hamstrings. And um, I think the older he gets, the less effective he's going to be. And my, I would... I'm thinking that oh, Matt falls off a cliff similar to Scotty Thompson um, at some point, and I don't reckon he lasts as long as Scotty Thompson because Scott Thompson got absolutely everything out of his body and certainly prepared a lot better than yeah. Matt does. Well, so I don't, I don't know. Bad. I don't know whether Matt makes it to our next contention window. I, I don't. I really don't. I think. I think we're not contending again for another four years. Oh, um, definitely. definitely. At least. You know, maybe, I'm, I'm working on five. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would hope, I would hope, Maka, that, we've had, that we bring in players and we develop players that go past Matt Crouch within the next three years. So I'm not as... I mean, I don't think he played fantastic... I think he played well in the in the back half of this season. I think he played well, but I wouldn't rate oh. him as fantastic. And, and my problem, I, I would probably say a, a pick between eight and fifteen would do me for Matt. And and just to back you up on that, Fiend, my problem is that the fact that he had to get dropped to figure out what was wrong. He should have been able to have that corrected or listened or and we know there were some issues with coaching this year oh. but it's not the only time that this has happened with him that it takes something fairly drastic to get it into his head no, don't buy to it. me that says he's not that co- he's not that coachable no don't buy that at, at all he's played a certain way all the time he's been with us and he won a best and fairest playing in the manner that he was playing that was no, the that's, not, yeah, the that's not true doesn't That's matter. not true, Macca. He won an, he won a BNF playing as an inside mid, and if you have a look at his stats over the last eighteen months, he has gone far more outside than previously. Um, and my comments on on trading Matt are on the basis that we retain Brad, because my biggest problem is that I don't think you can have them both in the same team. Well, uh, um, what I'm, I'm, when I'm talking about trading Matt, if we do, and, and as I said, only if we've got a very, very good pick and more than he's worth. Um, and it is on the basis that, it, yeah, you're not going to get rid of both Crouches. Um, Brad was the one that was allegedly going and Matt was the one that allegedly staying. But if Brad's staying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not against trading Matt, but I'm not 
going to trade him for what he's worth. I want more than he's worth because I think the long-term value to us is better keeping him. I reckon but someone just nicked your post box, mate. <laughs> no, it, it is it's a bloody idiot. I know every time he goes past me, he insists on turning his bloody horn. <laughs> at least you'll scare, scare people off of stealing the next letterbox. Um, but uh, if we don't, I, I think we have to follow the Port Adelaide model. And the Port Adelaide model was they knew, and if you can look at they were shit. They were just hanging around and they were hanging around that 10th and 11th and that type of stuff and going nowhere. And they would have gone nowhere. But they've actually said, we have to get the top young players into this club and we're going to lose good players to do it. And they, Pol- Polak was, he had a very good season for Port, but they flicked him out. Uh, they flicked out uh, Wingard. They flicked out. Who else did they flick out? They flicked out somebody else as well. Pillard Wing. Uh, um, um, Dougal Howard. Dougal Howard. I mean, the, the, nobody's safe at Port Adelaide. They'll flick them out if it gets them what they want. And we have to adopt the same approach. Um, Talia, do we, do, we, do we trade Talia? Well, I don't think... I mean, do we, look, who, well, put it this way. An easier question is who, who wouldn't you trade? In, in my untouchables... I've got um, only probably three or four players, and they're all young kids. Yeah. The other one that well, I reckon I'd test the market with is Darcy Fogarty. I'd be I'd be testing the market really hard with Darcy Fogarty. Um, uh, well, that's a very good point. And I think... wake up. Yes, but we're not going to get his true value at this stage, and we really need him to put in a good season and then trade him. But by the same token, if somebody came along and said, we'll give you uh, somewhere between pick 10 and pick 12 for Darcy Fogarty. No, you won't get I, that I'm, for Fog. I, I, I didn't say we'd get it, Fane. I said, if somebody came, uh, yeah. I'll be packing his bags. But you're not, going to, you're not going to get rid of him for pick 18 or 20. You're going to try and make the lad get 100% fit. He has never been AFL fit, never. Oh. Mac, you know, you keep banging on about that, but uh, I went back and had a look at a couple of games uh, recently at the back end of the season. He's not carrying any weight, mate. He's not carrying weight. He's in pretty decent neck. No, you go back and have a look. He's not carrying weight. He's a lumberer. He doesn't have... He doesn't... uh, He doesn't use any sort of pace. He lumbers after the ball. Um, But he's... He is not overweight. He, look, I would have a personal train with him all summer, and he'd come back like a running machine. He, he at the moment he aerobically he hasn't got an is not. A, the he hasn't got an is, I, I think he has. I, won't, I differ with you on that. I think he has, and I just don't think he's, he's worked hard enough. And, well, uh, if he hasn't worked hard more, enough, if he hasn't worked hard enough after three years in our system, Macca, then the problem's not on the weight scales. It's in the in the in the brain, come on, mate. If you're if you're a young lad and you get picked up by an AFL team, living your dream, particularly the team that you grew up barracking for, if you can't motivate yourself to get fit and and make it make a go of it, then you're a bloody idiot. And if you're a bloody idiot, you probably don't make it past two or three years in a career. But that isn't what AFL football. They live in a bubble. They don't live in the same world you and I live in. You take Stegall. I mean, Stegall has got an opportunity with us to have a very good football career at reasonably good money. And he's twice he's already risked it in the one season. Uh, I don't believe a lot of footballers 
think the same way we do. Once they yeah, and that and that's all fine. That's all fine. But if Fogarty hasn't got a professional approach, if he hasn't got an approach that allows him to become an elite forward, and let's not forget that when he was drafted, people were talking about him, you know, playing in the midfield for God's sakes. He's definitely not got the motivation to do that. I and but I think is the, club the, knows, the word I motivation thing. Motivation is the word you use there, Fiend. It's not ability. It's, you use the word motivation, and that's what we have to turn around in him. But I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing about his ability, although we've only seen it in very small doses. Um, you know, he had ability at junior level. He was a, he was a standout when he was playing uh, at the Bay. But this is a step up, and some some players have got the ability to go that extra gear, and some don't. And... You know, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Darcy to uh, to break out, and he hasn't. Uh, I and I think the club knows it. I think there's a reason why we're going to be targeting another forward in, at the top end of this draft, and that's and I think you find that if we take if we end up taking Logan McDonald instead of Riley Tilthorpe, I think that's a massive indication that we've lost face in, in Darcy Fogarty because. Logan McDonald is just a slightly bigger version of Darcy Fogarty. He's a lead-up forward. He's not a contested marking beast. He, he's a, well, he's can, a leading forward. He basically is leading, but he can take a contested mark. Yeah, well. I know, but you don't you don't play Darcy and Logan but, McDonald in the same team. Is what I'm saying. You just you, with, you with, don't. We're just digressing, though, Fane. When you're talking about the motivation factor. Something in the past has not been quite right with the way they've been. They've approached their training, etc. Because Gallucci, Miller, Fogarty, these are all players with with tons of talent that haven't done the step up. And it's not because they're not physically capable of doing it. It's, it's something me- mentally or f- physically fit or whatever it is. Uh, they these are players that, that should be stars by now, and they're not. And uh, and I'm and I'm the people that were looking after them and uh, supposed to be developing, haven't done it properly. And, and they, they, you know, either do it with a, a carrot or a stick, and I don't know whether we've used too many carrots or not enough sticks or whatever, but uh, these players have to be developed their full potential. If, you go, if you're going to have it, if you're ever going to be a premiership team, you have to get every player that playing to the max of their ability, whatever that is. And we've got too many players that don't. I, I don't disagree with the fact that our, our coaching uh, has and our player development has been less than desirable. Um, no, no, uh, no argument about that at all. But then, how do you explain blokes like Tom Duday? That because they are blokes that will coach themselves. They've got that inner want. They have the inner want in them. They are the, the type of players you do want in your team because of the fact they will do it themselves. They've got that great big inner want in them to do it, and that's that. That's the type of player you want, and that's why, for example, well, you Wingard just you got, just you just you just proved my argument. You just proved my you argument. Know. You want the players in your team that want to be there, and blokes like Miller. Miller is far overrated as far as I'm concerned. Fogarty, these these sort of blokes, come on, mate. They're 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 in a workplace with their with their mates. Um, yes, you know the coaching's a bit bog average, but you've played footy. You know what it's like when you get around a team of blokes that are all, uh, you know, moving in the same direction. 
you don't need to be coached. These these blokes seem to seem to be uh, well, waiting for something. I, mean, I, I never, I never listened to a word that the coach said ever, ever, because I just wanted to get the buddy football and do the best me. I could. Uh, that's true. Hasn't it? <laughs> I shouldn't admit that, but it was true. Never, never listened to it ever. But by the same token, we had players that uh, could have been absolutely outstanding who just didn't want to go that extra mile, and um, and the coach could have talked to them. The cows come home, and they just wouldn't put in. Well, that's what I'm um, saying. That's what I'm saying. You, you're just but, you're just proving my point. That's what I'm saying. Not really. Fog not really. What I'm saying is, any... I, I, I'm saying that we get the, that we really drive them very hard this year, and if they don't crack it, then we piss them off. Well, wow. I'm quite happy to give. I, I think we've got an exceptional coaching panel now, and I think we sh- we'll talk about that from in a moment. Um, I think we've got a very good coaching panel now, and I'm quite happy to see what they can do with the likes of Fogarty and Miller. Um, but these boys have been in our system now for for lo- pardon me long enough, and um, you know Fogarty has had more than one opportunity uh, to to take control of that forward line, and uh, he's been found wanting on many of it, on many occasions. And uh, I'd I'd happily trade him out. I'd happily trade him out for a second rounder, to be honest with you. And if he if he went well at another club, good on him. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's the wrong environment for Darcy Fogarty. Maybe it's the wrong environment for Wayne Miller and a few others. Um, but I don't accept these players with loads of talent that don't work hard to maximise it. And, and I don't accept that you need to be coached in order to get the best out of yourself. And if if you do need to be coached to get the best out of yourself, if you do need that carrot on the stick to get the best out of yourself, I don't know whether you, I don't know whether you belong at the top level of football. I think we carry too many players that need that to be perfectly honest with you. Macca. Yes, we do. We do. We do. So why would you want to hang on to them? But what I'm talking about now is really uh, saying that I'm not I'm not interested so much in trading off players and getting uh, low picks. I'm talking about what gold can we, what what other people perceive as gold, even if it might be parietes, uh, or galena, whatever it's called, the the fool's gold. Um, So what players do we have that would be attractive to other clubs that could get us good picks that we could then then package again to trade our way up? We've got to get up to that point, that, that point in where we've got to, in my opinion, we really have to, uh, I'd love to have two picks in the first three. So I'll be targeting Sydney, I'll be targeting North Melbourne and trying to come up with some package ultimately by working around trades that gives them more than what they're going to get out of one pick. So that, in other words, we can then have our pick of the tools and they take the other tool and then we can then take um, the uh, Holland's. In other words, I'd like to have the best midfielder. I'd like to have the best uh, tool so that we can uh, have... I mean, you can just achieve those two things. You've done a lot for the club for, for setting it up for the future. Well, I'd like to have the new Porsche 911 twin turbo play sports <laughs> as well, Mac. You but know, I'd like I mean, us to be active and do something, Pete. And, you know, just oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and look, I, I think we've actually been quite quite good around draft time. I think I think we've been quite creative around draft time. 
Um, you know, we're one of the few clubs that will routinely uh, force picks out of other clubs by bidding on academy players. We've bid down when we've uh, when we've seen an opportunity. I think there's a real opportunity to get Western Bulldogs pick twelve. Um, yes, but well, it depends on what happens with Dunkley because if Dunkley ends up going, then that kind of that might put a bit of a spanner in the works there. Um, the problem is, though, Macca, this isn't the draft to do it. This is not the draft to do it because the talent pool isn't there, and the uh, there's so many underdone kids in this draft pool. Um, I would be far more in favour of getting creative, and I've said this. People are probably sick of me saying it. I'd be far, far happier being creative about getting into next year's draft than this year's. I, look, okay. if, if if Essendon have six, seven, and eight, um, you know, North have uh, pick two. Um, Sydney you know, got three. Sydney have got, got three. Four. You're just not going to get those picks out of them because they're the they're the only picks of any value in this draft. You know, there'll, well, there'll be me, some there'll be some good picks down down the down the road, but they'll be local kids, and you know, I I don't. You've got to target clubs with academy players. I said you've got two top players, uh, academy players, and they're, they're going, definitely going. To, one's well, definitely going to be in top ten, and another one's probably going to be around that mark. Yeah, but who's so, going to bid on them? Well, Ad, uh, well, Adelaide have always bid on everybody, but. Uh, they won't be there. We actually haven't. That's that's actually a bit of a myth. We haven't actually bid on. It's, I actually went. I went back and did the stats. Yes. A lot of times we were talked about bidding on, um, and said we were. People said we were going to do it, and we didn't do it. We've actually. I think we're equal with another. I think there's other clubs that are all around about the same amount have done bids on yeah. other players. I think North are actually up there as well. But but we are active bids bidders. We are we are, we are active bidders. We are, we are Nicky. We've done it. Before. But but I, I think a lot of it is fear that we're going to do it. We don't necessarily do it, but there's the fear. Oh, we've done Himmelberg's brother, and then, and then several other examples as well. Yeah. Um, talking about Himmelberg, would you uh, if we bring in? Um, a tool thought. Do we need Himmelberg? Well, it depends how you want to use uh, tool thought. You know, if you want him to just concentrate on being a forward, um, then you probably hang on to Himmelberg because he can be your second ruckman. Um, uh, but I'd, I'd, look at your forward line. You're not going to have Tilthorpe. You're not going to have Himmelberg. You're not going to have Fogarty and Walker all in and Leach all in the one forward line. That's just. Well, you're not world. the forward line. The forward line of the future doesn't have Lynch and Walker in it, for starters, right? And there's nothing wrong with playing two talls and a, and a medium. Yeah, I, I, I mean Hawthorne well, did it. Hawthorne did it with Buddy and Ruffhead for a very long time with Gunston playing third fiddle. That seemed to work pretty well for him. Well, Richard Models only got, only has two talls in the forward line, um, and. Lots of runners, and and they won three out of the last yeah, four. Yeah, that suits how they play. But I mean, you've got to remember. Like, I think I think it's very dangerous to go. Oh, who are the best team at the moment? We've got to model ourselves out of, after them, right? Correct. Because you have to model around what you've got. Exactly right. Exactly right. And Hawthorne um, made a 
a, a two and a half tall forward line worked very very well with a couple of like Cyril and uh, Puyopolo and uh, the other guy Bruce running around underneath them. Right, we've got a similar situation. Well, we could have where we had Til, where we'd have Tilthorpe and Himmelberg, um, and uh, then you've got McAdam and a couple of small Stengel and, and one other. So I mean, you basically. You go with your strengths, and if Tilthorpe and Himmelberg can make it work in a forward line together, then why wouldn't you do it? Particularly because the Berg represents a viable second row option. So I wouldn't rule it out. I, I don't. I, I'm happy enough to let um, Elliot continue his development and see what how that pans out um, at the moment. And, and Elliot, Elliot also works well with other forwards. Well, yes, mother, you're Mrs. Himmelberg. Um, <laughs> now, now, Macca. But she was during the course of the season. I mean, Doesn't the matter. she's entitled to an opinion I, just was like I yours. Wrong? Was the, I wrong? Well, there was one particular match, Nicky, where he, I think he farted in the direction of the ball four times and you thought he played well. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's move on, please. Okay, I don't want this no. to get personal again. No, I am joking. I was joking, Nicky. Mm. Anyway, um, so look, Mac, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I do think we need to get creative. I don't know whether we've got the opportunity to do it in this draft. Um, just because of the way everything's panned out, um, I think I think clubs that have uh, top 10 picks in particular are, are basically going to treat them like gold because... Really, um, it drops off substantially um, after round one, in my opinion, on exposed talent. Um, you know, you could probably speculate on a few, but uh, I don't think you can. I don't see it uh, apart from uh, Western Bulldogs at this stage, the way the draft sits, um, because I don't think with with Sydney, I don't think their their academy guy is going to get bid on. Uh, no, one of them is definitely going. We will def- one will definitely be bid on. There's no Campbell? question about that. Um, I can't remember the rich name it is, but it's one of them uh, looking at He will definitely be. They, they think he could be a top eight player. So, um, But what I'm, all I'm saying, well, I think the Bulldogs, uh, we, we must approach the Bulldogs and ask for their first round pick because there's a very good reason why. Is we, we, so we could actually say that we've got first pick. Uh, we're going to bid on your boy, and that's a three thousand pointer that you've got to match. Then, or you get a twenty percent discount. But, yeah, but everyone, everyone knows that. Every everyone knows but, that. But, that's but, but, not but, a but, hang on, but if we don't bid on him, it saves you. you get it drops down by four hundred and eighty three bidding points. Yeah, every, everyone so, understands that that scenario. So, 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 we, we do, so we do a trade with you for your first round pick. We give you a pretty equivalent value, and you've already saved four hundred eighty three points already by us promising not to yeah. bid on them. Yeah, and and, but, and and you have to use your, your bottom position. And if we give a pick to GWS, but hang on, um, Marco, just just slow down a bit, right? So we do that deal with the Western Bulldogs, right? Which is a yes. viable deal, right? Uh, yes. And then, do you reckon North might bid on him at, at pick two? Sorry, uh, do you North, that, do you North? Yes, but that's still four hundred eighty-three points less that they have to match. The Bulldogs have to match, but it, it still it doesn't. Easier. But it still it still means that they've spent their their first round pick for nothing. 
No, no, it's a very common practice when you when you're actually. Trying I know to it's match. common. I know it's common practice. I know you, the you, scenario you try, that you're talking about. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if if Adelaide if Adelaide were to bid on Eagle Hagen, right, then uh, the Bulldogs would have to spend picks, and they have to it it goes on you know your best pick first. Right, so they would lose their. They'd have to spend their pick twelve to get him. Right, correct. So Adelaide do a deal, and we'll give you enough points uh, to make up for your pick twelve, um, and we won't, yep. and we'll do a sidey that that we won't bid on Eagle Hagen, and and uh, they go, yep, that's great. That's great. That's, that's great. And then so Adelaide p- take Hollands at pick one, and then it gets to North, and North go Eagle Hagen. Yeah. But they've, but they've still only got a match four hundred eighty three points less. Yeah, but it hasn't actually. Why would why would they do the deal with us? Why wouldn't they do the deal with North Melbourne? Because we've got pick one, and if we make the bid, they have to match three thousand less twenty percent. And if they and if, they, if we don't bid at all and leave it to North Melbourne to make the bid, it goes down that they've got to, by four hundred eighty three. They've got a match. Mm. Yeah, uh, the the whole thing gets tripped up if they get if they get a uh, top ten pick for Dunkley though, which is what I was saying earlier. If that happens, and it all goes out the window. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think and, Dunkley. I don't think. Do you think they'll release Dunkley? I don't think so. I depends wouldn't. Depends what depends what they're looking for. Uh, well, I, d- I don't know whether it's a matter of them releasing Dunkley or whether. Um, well, he's heavily contracted, so he can't yeah. just walk. No, I know, but. Uh, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that with the disappointment of the of the crowd situation, potentially, as we mm. don't know for certain, but potentially, I think that the club has got to uh, be quite ruthless, very ruthless, and it's got to um, be prepared to lose uh, names to to try and get good draft picks, so that we can actually bring in the, the type of quality of player that can actually not necessarily make us good next year, but will ultimately make us good in the next over the next five years to, that we could be potentially a, a premiership side. That's and you, keep, and you keep saying this, Macca, and you keep saying this as if there's some fantasy that this draft is has got depth, right? Because it, picks no, doesn't equal quality. We could... We could, we could, we could no, 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 what I'm saying it, is... We have to trade up, Fiend. That's what I keep saying. The, the, the quality is at the top end. Yeah. So they you're, not, they you're not... Macca, you're not going to prize away first-round picks from other teams in the top ten of the draft because there's not the depth in this draft for those teams to take that risk, right? So I, I can... I understand what you're saying, but it depends on what who they they've, they've got their eye on. There 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 are probably fifteen to twenty good players. There always will be that. Yeah, and how many played any sort of football this year? If they played for Port Adelaide, they've got a better chance. Um, I, I, there always is the top ones, but the, the top. How the many? Top how many of the of the likely first-round draft picks played football this year? Oh, you're talking, sorry, you're talking about the Victorian boys. I'm talking about anyone. That, How many of the what? likely top top round first-round draft picks played football this year? Well, in South Australia, there's one. 
and in Western Australia there's at least two, so that's at least three. Um, and there may well be another odd one. Oh, there may be another odd one here and there. Maybe four or five. Well, depending on your rankings, there's probably four, right? Probably, yep. probably four. So every other pick that is taken in the in the first round is going to be a lad that is probably good, but hasn't played footy for twelve months, right? So he's already a month, a year behind on his development. Okay, a couple of those players are coming off injuries, bat like serious injuries. Hollands is not even. Um, you know, back to full training. I think Tanner Bruin is still struggling with his uh, knee issues. There's a couple of others. I think Will Phillips has been struggling as well. Um, what I'm saying is that these clubs with top-end picks, they're not going to want to get rid of them. Every er, anyone, anyone trying to get anyone trying to get out of this uh, first round this season will be looking to, to use that leverage to get into the first round next year. Because next well, year is where where all the talent is, where all the depth is. So why would you try and why would you go hell for leather on a draft that is really piss weak? I mean, the reason why Port bailed on all their players is because there was an absolute treasure trove. They read no, that draft. They read that draft year perf- perfectly, Macca. There was an absolute abundance yeah. of talent. That was a super draft, right? Yeah, probably they the did best it well. draft for ten years, and they got three yep. quality picks out of that. They right? did. So, this draft is not that draft. It's not that draft, and I would prefer for for Hamish and, and Co to play a pretty straight bat on this one, and try as hard as they possibly can to maximise our situation next season. We're gonna we're gonna have. Uh, uh, two top ten picks, maybe three, depending on what happens with the Bulldogs. Right, mm-hmm. we're going to have um, uh, a couple in the twenties. We've got uh, Atkins um, compo pick. We might get bread and butter, uh, you know, steak knives for Hardigan, and we've got a couple down a bit further that we'll use on NGAs. Right? Yeah, that's I, exactly I, right. Yeah. So I think and hate and Haley and, ha- and Haley coming in probably for I would I would suggest something around about Atkins pick, um, and Simple, but why are we why are we going to do that in thing? I mean, everybody shouts us. I mean, why would we just not use the pre preseason draft? Because do you really want to be that club? Well, yeah, I do. Do you want to be, be that club, that- Macca? Because it always comes around to bite you on the ass. I know it does, but didn't it doesn't seem to bite Carlton. Everybody still trades with them. Yeah, but Carlton don't win anything, mate. <laughs> they don't win well, anything. Don't... It hasn't got them anywhere. They've just paid nine hundred thousand for a halfback flanker, and you want to you want to follow what Carlton does? I'm not, I'm not talking about in the terms of the personnel draft. I'm talking no, about I'm, in terms I'm of talking, what I'm talking about their their whole strategy. Like hasn't so got them do, anywhere. We'd... Yeah, well, I'm thinking if we're going to give him any, it's like a pick 39 or something like that. Well, what's, what's wanna... Atkins' pick is end of second round. That's going to be around about the mid-30s. That's his, that's his I think we're talking about his, what I, I might have had the number exactly right, but that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, so mid to late 30s I think is reasonable for Haightley. I think, I think it's unders for Haightley, to be honest, but I think it's perfectly acceptable in the situation where we do have that 
um, leverage, and I'd be quite happy well, to pay it. We don't need well, Mike, it. Well, Mike Bickley said on 5AA that he would be absolute, and he's a guy that plays very straight-laced, and he said he would be absolutely furious with the club if they didn't take advantage. And with the, they, he believes that we should trade for Hately, but they, we should be playing a fraction of what he's worth using the leverage of the PSD. He said that because that's what every club does. That happened uh, with Greenwood last year. That's why we we should have got a better pick than we did for Greenwood, but they used the leverage of the PSD. And Green, that's what Greenwood, we, we Greenwood, Greenwood was the first 22 player. Hately's played half a dozen games. Right. Greenwood was a, a bona fide midfielder, right? Yeah. But they still used to Yeah, yeah, but... The, you can't compare Greenwood to Hately. Greenwood was a proven midfielder. Hately is a speculative. As much as we all think he's going to be good, um, and I, I'm certainly a fan of Jackson Hately. I think he's. I'm, I'm so hopeful that that gets over the line um, because it'll I think be, it'll be right. excellent. Hately will get over the line. There's yeah, no so, that. yeah, we all thought Brad was going to get picked too as well. Um, I'll see it to believe. Not it. quite the same thing. Not that he can walk. He's got the ability to walk, and he has got the ability to walk into the PSD. So it will happen. It's only a question of what we give. Yes, and what I'm saying is that I think a late a, the the Atkins compensation will be quite adequate. It'll be late thirties. We don't need the pick. Um, you know, we're not under normal circumstances. I think Jackson Hately's the second round pick. Yes. So, so we're already, we're paying unders. I don't see the problem. All right. Now we're, we're and, talking. And also, Maka, just on that, where you, you said before, you know, that Mark Bickley's a straight batter. No, he's not. He does exactly what his producers want him to say, and he will always do that because he's on five double A, and that's what they do. So I don't put a lot of stock in anything that comes out of that media. Um. He's still got he's still got his own integrity and an opinion, though, Nikki. No, he's admitted that he will say what his producers want him to say to get people to call up. Oh, yeah. that is well, what they do. Look, I have no doubt they create arguments between Ray and Mix uh, in terms of opinion to to create talking points so that people will ring up, and then you've got other people like me ring up to get the goodies. So, um, you're quite right, Nikki, in that particular sense, but. I, I, I still think, though, that you don't, and, and what Fleen's saying is, you don't want to have the reputation of being like Carlton and, and grabbing a player for nothing. But you still do use it as leverage to pay unders. Well, I think I think paying Atkins Compo for Hately is using that leverage. What what would you okay. pay for Hately? A pick in the oh, 40s or 50s? Yeah, as little as possible. But I think uh, that's taken the piss. A bit pun. I think that's taken the piss. Well, maybe it is, but if you can get away with it, so be it. But yeah, look, it, it, we're talking. That isn't really the big uh, panacea for the, the crows' woes, is it? So here's a scenario I'd like to put to you. Uh, Cameron, uh, Jeremy Cameron has um, asked to go to Geelong, and Geelong have put in a thing of nine hundred grand or whatever it is, and GWS have matched. And so it's going to go to protracted trade, and Geelong don't have any currency, or they have they have a few first round picks that they probably don't want to give up. Uh, which means that there's a possibility that that falls through. We've had two cracks at Jeremy Cameron. We've had two goes at him. 
Is this an opportunity to get Jeremy Cameron in the pre-mentioned PSD? Well, the only problem is that they're going to match a salary of nine hundred and fifty k per annum. Yeah, but he doesn't have to. T- he doesn't have to take that. But Je- Jeremy Cameron would be crazy not to take nine fifty k. Well, what if he could get a million from us? He's not worth a million. He already he already wants to move from uh, GWS. He wants to move closer to home, where we're probably equidistant to uh, Dartmouth as uh, Geelong is. Um, I don't know. Is there an opportunity there? Uh, not, not for me. Not for me because um, that's that's not the way we're going to build our side up for the future, Fiend. Because um, I mean, how old is Cameron? Uh, Twenty six. 26, maybe? Yeah. For me, no. Um, look, other people might disagree with that, but, um, yeah, no, not for me. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I really don't know how Geelong are going to get Cameron, though. Um, I don't know. Geelong's, Geelong's whole strategy is very interesting, isn't it? Um, they've had a couple of retirements. Um, uh, Harry Taylor, <coughs> Harry Taylor's was retired, uh, Ablett, of course, has retired, so they've they've lost some money out of off their off their books, which is fine. Um, but uh, going after Jeremy Cameron is quite interesting. They're also looking at Higgins, uh, reportedly, and one other whose name escapes me. Um, Nicky, help me out well, here. Geelong um, um, have got a, a Geelong have got a specific strategy, and they think that they and they were they weren't all that far away uh, from getting a premiership this year. And they, yes, they've got a couple of boys retiring, and uh, but they, they are bringing in senior talent that have only got not a lot of years left in them in, the, in, in a particular way because they believe that their core is good enough with a little bit added to it to win a flag. They're in a totally different situation. That. They've got, yeah, I understand they, that, but why do you take? Why do you look at Cameron at nine hundred and fifty thousand when you've got Taylor Hawkins? Well, I don't know. Oh, I'm not. Well, I'm not Geelong. I, was, I, was no, I know, but I, I know you're not Geelong. That's what I'm saying. They've got a, a weird strategy, Macca. Right. The, even going for Cameron, I don't understand why why they're going for Cameron when they've got Hawkins there. Well, I think they got it totally wrong because, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to work for them because the one thing I think they've got missing uh, is a, a dynamic mid- midfielder. They, they should be really chasing the best mid- midfielder in the land with that, that sort of money rather than uh, Cameron. And because, as you say, they've got Hawkins there uh, and they've got other forwards that, that, can, that can perform. But they're going to be, they're going to be down... <laughs> What? Yeah, sorry, not Taylor Hawkins. He's the drummer for the Foo Fighters. <laughs> you know, who should take Tom Tom yeah, Hawkins. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, Matt. Continue. The did, did you say Taylor Hawkins? Yeah, you? I reckon I said Taylor Hawkins last week too, because I am a big Foo uh, Fighters fan. So it's obviously uh, subliminal. Anyway, we'll get it mixed up. We'll draft him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nikki, what do you think? Oh, Geelong is stupid, but we know that. Um, I, I think if you want to be bastards, 
yeah, you'd go in and you would kind of stick your nose in into that thing. That's what you were talking about wanting to be that type of club in terms of trade and everything else, Macca, then yes, you would go after somebody like Cameron or you would stick your nose in and make it difficult for others. That's what you would do. I, I agree he's not for that money and he's just that little bit too old for mm. Cameron. But if mm. you could get him cheaper, then hell yeah. But, but he's got – he's obviously prepared to sell his soul for the day. Nine, 950K is a lot of biscuits. I was probably looking for a flag too. Um, uh, well, that could well be that could very well be right for him because you not going to get it up at GWS. It'd be very you go from one club that doesn't know how to coach to another one. Yeah. Not wrong. Um, no, so anyway, so you know we've got um, uh, one confirmed uh, um, free agent leaving. That's Rory Atkins. Um, I think. The compensation Hardigan. was probably. Hang on, one confirmed free agent leaving. Okay. Yes. Have you been drinking tonight, Macca? Could have been. Right. <laughs> um, that explains a lot. Um, do we all think band four or whatever it was we got for Atkins was uh, fair? What was the end of second round? Yeah, that's fine. I, I just thought that's what we expected. I thought on the money we might have even just snuck a band higher. But, uh, well, the report was 400 in the end, which I found a bit hard to believe. All, no, all the, along they've been talking 4 by 500 but then, correct, again, the media correct. came out with 4 by 400 um, which I don't... I don't. It sounded a bit odd to me, but anyway. It does seem like, it does seem like if it's a Crows play, you just get it by 20% automatically at the end. Um, well, because I did I, that with... I wanted to finish it's off on. with that, Macca, and I think we've probably done the rest of it to death. So how about we just talk about this for for a minute? Because it's damn hard to be a Crow supporter in this bloody competition. It is. You, you've got a situation where 99% of the media is Melbourne-based, and for whatever reason, they've got a hard-on for Port Adelaide, but they can't stand the Crows. And... Right. Um, uh, it's it's getting to a point where, and I think I, I honestly think the AFL need to address this because it's getting to the point where, for a non-Victorian supporter, it's getting very hard to love the sport. Very hard to love the sport because of the lack of objectivity in the media. Now, you, you get it in all sports. You get it in big American sports. You get the local sports writers that are very passionate about their local team and all the rest of it. But on top of that, you've got the national sport, sports writers that are quite objective about things. So you get that nice balance. You get you get the Stephen Rose of the world, but you also get you know the balance writing uh, at national uh, at national level. You mean you actually get journalists? Exactly. Now, we don't we don't we don't have this in Australia uh, in the AFL. We have a situation where, um, because of the way in which Australia operates, uh, the regional uh, media is very very small time. They don't carry any weight, uh, and they have to fight for the allegiance of whatever the local teams are. So they they tend to you know uh, just toe the line, but unfortunately the mainstream national journalists 
they lack any sort of objectivity whatsoever. And not only that, they wear their supporters' hearts on their sleeves more often than not. Damien Barrett's um, aneurysms, aneurysms, daily aneurysms, simply because he's a North Melbourne supporter and North Melbourne were going to be pushed down to pick three from pick two um, with the potential Brad Crouch deal. That was it. It was unethical. It do they not have a code of conduct? These journalists no. do they? And I think that the AFL needs to really have a look at this because it's turning people off off the sport. The coverage that we've had with regards to Brad Crouch over the last week, irrespective of where you sit uh, in your opinion on the Brad Crouch thing, it makes you it 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 wears you out. It tires you out. It makes me sit here and go, why am I doing a bloody podcast? Because we're on a hiding to nothing in this competition. And I think it's a real problem for the AFL. You're 100% right, Fiend. I could not... All every discussion we've had tonight, that is the 100% fact that is indisputable. We we get the, the shittiest treatment of any football club in the AFL. We're a target for their media. In fact... If we do one thing wrong or very minor now, they dredge back, go right back to the camp and go through it as if it's all happening now. We are treated uh, abysmally, absolutely abysmally. And if you look at Collingwood and they've got, um, what's his name, the, uh, the star forward? Jordan Stevenson. Jordan DeGoy. Not Stevenson. Uh, um, sorry, what? Jordan DeGoy. That's the one I'm thinking of, DeGoy. Degoe has got has been in more strife than bloody Superman and got criminal cases, etc. Um, but there's not nothing made of him like there's been made of Brad Crouch. Uh, you would think that Brad Crouch was a terrorist, a rapist, or whatever uh, in terms of uh, relativity compared to the other players. And Adelaide bashing, and for the last since the camp, um, Adelaide bashing is the the uh, favourite sport of the Victorian media. And they are totally, uh, totally, they exaggerate things to the hundredth degree, a hundred times to the nth degree, and it's embarrassing. If you, if you look at it objectively, it's embarrassing, and the AFL should be stepping in and asking them to do at least a little bit more objectivity, at least report factually rather than in a biased fashion and a, sl- a smashing fashion when it's not justified. The AFL can't do anything. Um, the only thing that keeps journalists objective is when you have different media ownership and you actually have different competing Spot on, Nick. journalist things. Because the media ownership in Australia is media. so saturated. It's a monopoly. To a very, very few number. It is, yeah, it's an oligopoly. Um, that is our problem. Because as you spoke about before, Phoenix, about the regional journalists, etc. they're still all News Corp. Almost yep. every single regional newspaper is owned by Murdoch. The yep. fact that our main media is owned by somebody who is not an Australian citizen and that yep. our government changed the laws so that he could keep it is an absolute tra- travesty. Should not happen. We need to piss Murdoch off as soon you know, as we actually do that and open. Oh, I know, but we're trying. Well, no, he's, I, he's I in massive strife. They're losing, they're losing money, but I, that's I think- the problem. I, I agree with you, Nick. It's it's a I mean that's a broader problem. That's a problem with journalism in Australia, full stop across the board. Um, but this is an issue for the AFL because this is something that it wears supporters out. 
it, it tires people out because you feel like you're always uh, swimming against the tide and, and uh, you know, there's no objectivity. I mean, we, we saw a situation a couple of years ago where a Channel 7 commentator was openly, openly spruiking one of our players in order to make him a valuable asset for a Melbourne-based club. Now, that yep. was that happened openly. That it was joked about during the coverage. It was joked about in other platforms that Brian Taylor was involved in. It, it was it was an open joke, and to me that just cannot be allowed to happen. And that was that was a very blatant thing that happened uh, a couple of years ago. Now, it seems to me that journalists these days are far more open to manipulation uh, by um, player agents. Um, by um, even player parents at times, um, and I think they've they've lost all uh, they've lost all credibility. The the problem for the AFL is that that that's all that there is. So the AFL is, in my view, I mean I love doing this podcast because it gives us an opportunity to air our opinions and and share our opinions uh, with people who listen to us and also. The people that listen to us have the opportunity to to share their opinions as well. But you know, I was bloody worn out after this afternoon with all the crap that was flying around, and I thought, you know what, this is this is Mickey Mouse, this sport. You know, this isn't a professional league. This is this is amateur hour. This is Mickey Mouse, and it is ultimately the VFL. And yeah. I kind of miss my roots where I'd go along and barrack for stir every bloody week and be done with it. Yeah, I, you know, I just, you know, I've always uh, had this secret wish, and it won't happen, is that just as uh, Packer created the uh, breakaway competition, which eventually became the competition, in in the sense that uh, it just revolutionised everything and destroyed what was the, the structure that was there. I just wish somebody would do the same thing with the all the uh, non-Victorian teams and a couple of the Victorian teams that would be advantaged by doing it and just fucking smash the AFL to pieces. I would love that to happen. The, the, the biggest problem that I see uh, straight off the bat is when you go and have a look at the AFL website and you have a look at the articles that are in the, on the AFL website, they're written um, by people who are also involved in the clickbait media and the AFL don't uh, don't scrutinize those articles at all in fact they make a point of making sure that everyone knows that the, the articles on that web on the AFL's official website don't necessarily reflect the uh, the uh, attitudes and opinions of the AFL themselves and I think that's the first thing that needs to be tidied up if the if the if the governing body, cannot make sure that its own website represents factual information so that people that want to bypass all the bullshit can go to the source and read the AFL's own website and get credible, factual information, then there's a major problem, and the AFL needs to address that first and foremost, in my opinion. Look, you're just stating stuff nobody can argue with, Fane. It's unarguable. It's unarguable. Uh, PJ Crows makes an excellent uh, comment in Discord, and I, I, I apologise. I don't know what's gone wrong uh, as to why we can't display the Discord chat tonight, but it's been pretty good. 
Um, but, you know, Fisher McCasey's interview, three minutes after being drafted, the first question, how do you feel, Fisher, having to head across the border to South Australia? It shouldn't even be a question. This is a national well, competition. You know, do yeah. we ask Rob Lacocious, uh, not Rob Lacocious, um, Jack Lacocious, yeah, how do you feel about today. having... Well, Rob Lacocious is his old man. Um, do we ask Jack, you know, how do you feel about having to go to Gold Coast? No. You know, it's not the, they're not the same questions. They're not said with the same bias. They're not... Uh, yeah, there's a, t- there's a tone to them. It was all about a, the excitement of going to Gold Coast. Exactly, exactly. There's a tone. How do you yeah. feel about going up there with your best mate, you know, Isaac? Exactly, yeah. It's, and it's that, leading that, questions and poor journalism. But, Nikki, that's not, all we've got. Yeah. That's all we've so, got. And, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what um, we necessarily do, but I, I really... Um, I'm of the view personally, um, I, I try to push back on these journalists. When Mitch Cleary this afternoon tweeted about the 600 by four years, I tweeted back to him and asked him what his sources were. Where did he get the source? Because I think that's actually a legitimate question. You know, who mm-hmm. told you that it was 600 after four, over four? Was it Adelaide that told you that? Was it the AFL? Who told you? You know, where did you get that information from? Because I think we actually have to start, and maybe we should next year on the podcast have a media fact check, do a bit of a five-minute media watch. It'd, it'd be, right. it'd probably be about half an hour, but uh, um, <laughs> we're good at that. We really need, to, we really need to, as as a community, I think, start pushing back on this clickbait journalism, and, and certainly in the AFL community outside of Victoria, I think we owe it to ourselves to at least try and bring some objectivity into. The discussion because otherwise the AFL are going to lose us they're just going to lose us because it's just going to become too hard to follow the sport well it, you know it, I, I, at times I just feel like just not being involved in it because of the fact that whenever anything happens if it's debatable whether it's going to be good or bad for the Adelaide it always seems to be bad and um, as you said the media uh, the Victoria media slam the shit out of us uh, they they state incorrect facts. Uh, even that, that, that was a very good point that uh, was raised about the, that uh, Mackesee drafting situation. I mean, that, that should be in a reprimand situation because of the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a put down for Adelaide right from the word go. Yeah. I mean, but it was, official... the, it was, the, it was the official AFL interviewers. I understand okay? that. I That's do right. understand that, Nikki. Uh, but, Surely, you know, employees do things wrong, and surely that afterwards somebody said, "You don't, you don't say that. You've got to. You should be selling positivity, not negativity." I mean, it's been interesting. Uh, well, it hasn't been interesting. It's been bloody pull your hair out um, stuff. Listening to trade radio, but the one thing that I've found amusing is that despite Maddie Rendell being a bit off off, uh, off the planet at times, he is pushing. Uh, the interests of you know Adelaide and uh, probably Port Adelaide as well, if it, if it was under discussion, and it's it's been so noticeable because it is so rare. It's so rare to hear anybody talk up a non-Victorian team. You know, it's just completely rare. And for Matty Randell to be on Trade Radio, as much as he's talking a bit of shit at times, it's been quite funny to listen to them try to justify themselves to someone that has a different point of view that's not based around Victorian interests. Uh, 
Well, just for that very reason, you've just said, I've stopped listening to Trade Radio. Oh, well, I streamed it on Friday and uh, because I was interested to know what was going on um, with free agency. Um, and I streamed it into the uh, into the um, Crowcast chat stream as well. And in the end, I just had to mute it at my end because I couldn't stand listening to it anymore. I just simply couldn't stand listening yeah. to it anymore. And I actually, I actually called in on Friday and as soon as I questioned what they were talking about with regards to Band 2 for Brad Crouch, uh, they, I basically got cut off. Whereas uh, Numbnuts before me talking about some ridiculous thing to do with Essendon got about five minutes. You know, well, it's just... Terrible. They've got to... They've got, they've got, if they're going to put through an AFL trade radio, they've got to understand they've got a national audience. I don't have a problem with SEN Victoria being Victoria Bias, just the same as 5AA's South Australian Bias. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have to listen to SEN, right? But AFL Trade Radio is run under the auspices of the AFL, even though it's Croc Media. It's a national thing. They need to have a national focus. And these journos like Barrett need to pull their bloody heads in when they're talking about non-Victorian teams because it, it it's borderline embarrassing. Damien Barrett, right, rightly or wrong, was embarrassing last week, absolutely embarrassing. And this is the official AFL journalist. Anyway, that's my rant on that. Uh, I think it's a good rant, good rant to finish on, Faye. Yeah, you're probably right. Look, uh, it's been a weird one. Um, I think we're all being a bit thrown by... Uh, what's happening to my camera? Uh, thrown by what's happening um, with Brad... Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, it took me by surprise today. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll see what tomorrow brings, mate. We will. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Patreon, AFL Crowcast. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, AFL Crowcast. Um, join our Discord server for chat all through the draft and trade period. Um, thanks, Nikki. Thanks, Macca. Thanks, everyone. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for all your support. We'll see you next Sunday. Yeah, not all.